I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, TC. Welcome all to our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the Island of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening to the first half free on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon, all the W's dot, patreon.com forward slash SRB media, or follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View, on Facebook, The Current View, or join our group, The Current View, which is over 2.7 thousand strong. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. How's things, pal? Yeah, it is great, uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, we all uh, want to thank our uh, supporters and uh, and all the ones what really listen to our shows. Other than that, uh, not too bad, Gabby. Good, good, good. CC, what have you sourced for us this week with our magic moments? Because we always start on a magic moment, and there's been loads of them again oh. this week, hasn't it? been brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? Each week it just gets better. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw uh, uh, the goal week, what you, little Kevin Arrett scored yeah. uh, for Port Vale. from my village. You know, we do we do keep producing uh, footballers, and we've, a lot of sports people would produce on this air, whether it's rugby, cricket, or or football, yeah. and other and other uh, sports, uh, in other sports fields. You know, it's, it's it's incredible how we keep producing for a small area. Yeah. I'm going to give uh, his goal. Uh, well, I put it upon the uh, current view. Uh, he received the pass, what 25, well about 35, 40 yards yeah. out. Took it five to 10, 15 yards. Hit it with his left foot, uh, bump right into the uh, bottom right-hand corner. Uh, a shot with his left foot, absolutely great. I did a little bit. We a little bit of work with uh, Kieran uh, oh, okay. this summer, this summer and last summer. And I said to him because he's obviously he's a striker. He, he was at Barnsley, got released at Barnsley, went to Huddersfield, but Barnsley played him as a full-back, and he he always wanted to play yeah. as a striker. And I, and I, you know, but in the work what I did with him, I said to him, and all at the same time. You know, you're a striker. And it's important, you know, without putting pressure on yourself to score goals. Yeah. You've got to shoot. Strikers have got to shoot and they've got to be composed in front of goal. You know, but do not be shooting from bad angles. His positioning was in there. It's an ideal opportunity because he's facing the goal. He's caught it right. The keeper's no chance of saving it. So, uh, I, I'm, obviously, I'm putting that into it. Um, the Bruyner... The Bruyne's goal yeah. against uh, Chelsea. I mean, he's doing that against the elite players, at, you know, in the Premier League. Um, but there's that many things you could put, Gabby, in there. The, the, I mean, <clears throat> the magic moments were well, like this bit, bits of skill, but we see that many great goals. Yeah. But you know, it, it, it does stick out. You know, a bit of magic moments are great, but when a goal scored like. Like Keynes, I mean, obviously didn't win it for them. They got beat four-one, but the Bruyne's was a uh, was a three-point 
uh, or a six point if you want to look at it, uh, two top team, two top teams playing against each other, and that's put them now 13 points above Chelsea. You know, I know Liverpool's gone into second place, but uh, you know, there's that much technical and skillful things happening in the Premier League. At times, it is a joy to watch. I think there's so many joys to watch all over the uh, football pyramid. I was actually watching, although I was doing a little bit of work for the podcast, etc. last night, but I got Glenn Tour on. I think they were at Colrain, I think, um, mm. last night. And a brace by Jay Donnelly. And he looked a bit of a character, he did. I listened to his interview <laughs> after the game. I thought he was on drugs, TC, honestly. He was, and I had a look at his socials, etc., and what have you, and, and he does know where the back of the net is. And it just, he said, and he scored two goals yesterday. One, uh, the, the cross, and he's kind of just flicked it in. And then the other one was, was a corner and he's, he's headed it in. But I looked at his goals. I think he scored 31 goals last uh, in 2021. And all different left foot, right foot headers. And he does look as though he's got the knack of scoring a goal. He had been a naughty boy. And uh, that's why he got released. But he looks as though he's getting back on track. Everybody does deserve a second chance. And uh, when Glenn Torden play again, which incidentally is George Best's team, as well as Wolverhampton Wanderers, I'll be uh, watching out for uh, that fella, Jay Donnelly. He does look a prospect. I looked at his 26. I thought, mm, OK, but um, yeah, good player. But my other magic moments this week, I thought Emmy Wandia was superb, particularly in that second half against Manchester United, as were Aston Villa. I didn't see the first 25-30 minutes where United played about and Villa uh, was really chasing them. I thought Villa grew into the game towards the end of the first half. Second half, I thought they bossed it. And I thought Buendia ran the show. He's my kind of player. I've always well, said he's a genius and he's a magician. People thought that they might they might not play him with it, with him signing uh, Coutinho, but like you, I mean, you've I been both. on about this boy for a, yeah. for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I thought when you take the two games, the, the Old Trafford game and then the game the other night. I mean, the the one was the FA Cup, which is a different scenario to mm. to a league game. They were on the front foot for some unknown reason. They let United play. Yeah, they did. You know uh, mm. whether they got a rollicking at half time. Apparently, Steve uh, Gerrard said they did. Yeah. You know. Uh, but what, whatever happened, well, a, a good team talk, uh, a rollicking what they all accepted. But the second half, and especially when uh, Coutinho came on, you know they looked different altogether. And, and to be honest, they could have gone on. They could have gone on to win it. To, could could Villa. But uh, uh, patches in that game, I thought it was a good game at times. Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I do like to watch Aston Villa play. My team, Birmingham City, are playing away tonight against Fulham. I'm going to be sitting there with me abacus. <laughs> I mean, 13 goals I've scored in the last two games. It's absolutely frightening. But I do think great things around the corner for Villa. And 100% I would be playing Wendy and Coutinho. Uh, I think uh, Leon Bailey is had unfortunate situations with injuries, but he looks the player. I'm a big fan of Bertrand Traore. I'm just, I'm a big fan of a lot of Aston Villa players. And I look at players more than I look at teams and I look at players that excite me. Another player that excited me this weekend was Tom Lawrence's brace against Sheffield United. Oh my God, that first goal, delicious. 
unbelievable absolutely unbelievable i mean what rooney's done there you know yeah brilliant but, but when you think about <laughs> it if if it weren't for having that points deducted you know they'd be well above the top half of the table just off the playoffs and then what he what he's mm -hmm. done is playing some well he's got him playing some good stuff some really really good football to say I want, it's not me calling them misfits. It's other people what call them misfits because they got released by this club or what the age or whatever. Yeah. But they play some good football. Mm -hmm. But going back to Villa a minute, because uh, when you were about Aston Villa, and no no disrespect to Dean Smith, but looking at Villa, it looks as though the veins have been taken because Jer yeah. Gerard wants to win. I, I would be I would imagine that Dean Smith would be more on the cautious side than on the uh, attacking side. So Villa, I'm, I'm like you, I think they're a nice team to watch is Villa. But no, what uh, what Rooney's done at, um, at Derby is phenomenal. And like you said, Tom Lawrence has been absolutely fantastic. The importance of a great manager, a top manager. You've always said this. Huddy has educated me with uh, the importance of managers. And you're right, we we both, and Oddie as well, we all like Dean Smith as a manager and I wish him well at Norwich. I hope he's, he keeps them up. I think that's his kind of club. But when you look at the elite clubs, Villa are an elite club. They need an elite manager, as do Everton, by the way. They just uh, took on uh, Big Dunk in a caretaker capacity. But these are very big. Everton are a big club. Villa are a big club. Arsenal are a big club. These are big big clubs that need big personalities and management. And I think that Stephen's really hit the ground running. And whenever I listen to his interviews after the game, he actually makes me feel as though I could go on and, and play blind for him. That's how inspirational Gerard seems to me. What, what I've always said about the elite managers, mm. they, have, they have the X factor. Yeah. And that X factor is this. They do not fear fear they do not fear fear yeah. i said to everyone on my wall about uh graham potter going into into brighton yeah. and there'll be a different team all together yeah graham potter can go to everton and turn them round and play the football what they're playing at brighton mm. if i have and it's not a criticism but I've been in I've been in, in dressing rooms with the top top players. Derby, Everton and at Forest. Yeah. Derby should have gone on to win uh, trophies because they had such a great team. Everton won trophies. Mm. Nottingham Forest won trophies. What the elite managers do, they do not fear fear. They get everything right what they need to get right. In i.e. the training, uh Three kicks, corner kicks. They don't practice them for hours and ends. They let people what are good on the ball go and take it and go and practice, you know, in the spare time. But they want to play a kind of football that the players want to play. Yeah. But at the same time, make them understand the importance of not having the ball. But when you take that elite club, the two things they've got to do is be able to attract players and not get players falling out and that's the difference and four or five things and what makes the elite player what they uh, elite manager uh what makes them is those five things what take them 
onto winning major trophies. I have nothing to grind with Sam Allardyce. Nothing. I think he's such a nice man. It's untrue. But to use your name as though that's your fault, uh, if it had been Adichio, Sam Sam Allardyce, Adichio, whatever he pronounced himself as, he'd get a top job. No. He knows how to he knows how to uh, keep teams up, but eventually you'll fall by the wayside. Yeah, he, they have to they have to play a football a type of football because now what we've got is more and more foreign owners, and they want to play attacking football. They want they want all this Barcelona Brazilian sexy football. Yeah, you know Steve Cooper. I'm a massive admirer of him since yeah, since he was taking the under 18s at Liverpool. Yeah, he's play some great football his problem would be when it is challenging for the premier league and going into europe is he sexy enough to command the elite player do you know what i mean because he hasn't played at the highest level but it's unfortunate hasn't but i've admired him Mm. and i've said and i've said to everybody gabby you know i have yeah the potter i would i'm not bothered whether he hasn't played the game as long as he understands it as long as he understands it yeah, I think we got some fine managers and young British managers coming through, and uh, good luck to all of them. Uh, you did uh, reference free kicks and players uh, working in their own time to uh, hone their trade. I know what's coming. <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> what a goal! It is just the best free kick taker I've ever seen, Ward Prowse. He is well, frightening. The best I've ever seen. No, I, I, again, I put, I get... I put down. Uh... The two Brazilians, Carlos Alberto, yeah, Alberto, the left back at Real Madrid, yeah, 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 uh, Ronaldinho, but he's a fantastic, (laughs) a fantastic free kick taker. But again, they'll say Man United, uh, Beckham scored more goals than Ward Prowse, and then I'm looking, I'm going, yeah, okay, I get that. But surely Man United had more bloody free kicks than Southampton. Southampton aren't a team that would have played on the front foot as much as United did when they won the treble. People will say, what's that got to do? It's a free kick. You know when you're playing, you know when you're playing with um, better players? Yeah. You know, you will get more free kicks. Yeah. Because people will foul them and you'll get a chance to score more goals. You watch that free kick, Mm. it's a slice. And the, you watch the ball, it, it goes one way, then goes back the other way. Cut straight across it, you know. When yeah. you see, when you see Ronaldinho's, the ball goes out to come in, doesn't it? Yeah. You know. Roberto the, Carlos the ball, is the um, player that you were thinking of. Sorry. Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos. Yeah. That's it. The free kick. He, I mean, he scored that many anyway. Yeah. But the one was it? Well, fans when he, he went round the wall and yeah. then came back in. Yeah, it was Bartes. It was a Latour, wasn't it? And, and Bartes, his, his face was the picture. He's like, what's all the crowd jumping up and down for? It's <laughs> like, hey, that ball's in the back of my net. How you know, did that get there? And you're right, it just bent. Well, then Brazilian. Kubalas was brilliant at bending the ball as well, right? Yeah. Walls. Yeah. Look, we, Letizia ain't what? Yeah, absolutely, Letizia. You know, listen. I bet if Alan Hudson had been taking free kicks and Tony Curry, I mean, Tony Curry took them yeah. at Sheffield United and yeah. he took them at, at Leeds. But when other people were in team. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He probably stood back. He stood yeah. back. You know, let your best players take him. Yeah. Let your best. What is the best player? It's the best player, you know. For you know, corners, you make me laugh with corners, and I've always said this the right ball in, the quality ball in, causes more problems than anything. Yeah, anything you know, they'll say, Oh, it's bad, not bad marking, it's the quality of the ball, and the quality of the ball kills you. I watched Celtic last night, little uh, Japanese lad, Chinese lad, he saw the he saw the picture and he was trying to play him through, mm. didn't quite get it there, right. But you know the top elite players, they get it there. Yeah, they put that quality through, you know. But he'll get better at it, and he'll improve on. He'll improve on it. Uh, I thought it was a decent match. That that Celtic match last night. But that's the difference for the elite players, Gabby. Yeah, absolutely. They can put that ball through. I, I mean, I wrote about the other day. Uh, if I'd have been an England manager, Right? And I'd have built the other team. There's other great players I would have played in that team anyway. But my three midfield players would have been Ball was an old midfield player because he can give it, give it, give it uh, early. He, didn't keep, he wouldn't keep hold of it and it's quality. And the other two midfield players would have been Curry and Hudson. Absolutely. Right? Go and yeah. exploit them. You know how to cut people open. You must, you must, right, get in a position when we, lost the, when we lose the ball. And it's not like going in there and giving bollock. You are the best. You are the best in the world. Go yeah. and do it. You know. But you've got to go out there. You've got to practice on the on, on, on the on the training field. Play with the tempo. Play with the tempo. Give him the ball. Whoever it is, give him. Give him. Yeah. Give, give, give Tony. Let him. Let him handle it. They they're not frightened of it. I mean, you know, the three. We don't do that. We don't give it. We will not give it a, a dangerous ball because I think ball is a man on. The best teams in the world do that because it even drags more people out of position. Yeah. The three best midfield players for me of the 70s and all great mates as well, Borley, Udi and, um, and TC. Did TC ever tell you about when, uh, when Borley sat... Well, he sat down on the ball, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, well, Borley told me about but I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they both done it to each other, didn't they? Yeah, they did. With yeah. a 5-0 and a 5-0 reverse. Well, Borley says to TC, I've got a good one for you next time. So he, what he done, he uh, he tied his laces up in front of him and yeah. passed them all. And uh, he said, I never, ever got him back for that blessing. But three world-class midfield players. And then when you look they at the players class, we had in front. You would have put them in, oh. in, any, in, in, in a France or a Brazilian team 100%. or a, a German team. Yeah. We'd have all been saying, oh, not uh, Mavericks. We'd have been saying, what players they were. 
Well, they because were... Because he's Dan and Colgy. Yeah, and they were Mavericks. The philosophy how you play. Yeah, as as was... Um, uh, what's it? Um, oh, my God. The uh, the German player. The German player. Uh, Netzer. Gunter Netzer. Maverick. Yeah. Maverick player. These players that could do things that others could only think and dream of. Well, probably only dream of because they wouldn't think it. But Perlo, he, he was another one. I think, therefore, I play. And it's all about in the head. And those three players had everything. But sadly, we never picked them. Yeah, we never picked them. We'd rather play. We never picked the other two at all. And then then there were Stan Bowles that you could have played just behind the... uh, Played behind a lone striker. Frank on the the left, Stan on the right, and then Super Mac or Peter Osgood down the middle. And they wonder why we didn't win a World Cup. Oh, my God. We've always had the players. We've just had idiots running them. We've had two great goalkeepers. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, we've got... We had McFarlane, Todd, uh, Tom's... Kevin Kevin Beatty was another one. We let Lovington go to fucking Ireland because we didn't think he were good enough. I know. That's it's, how that's how great our managers are. It's it's just frightening how dopey we've been over the years. But there it you go. Dopey, it didn't no no it didn't dopey. It didn't dopey one little bit. It's a crime they against they football. They <laughs> no, they did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they were too big. Yeah, for them, Curry, yeah. they were too big for some of their managers. Because the fans, I, I've seen it. I've seen when managers. And I've heard it because I used to listen. Nearly every manager I play for, none of them will ever, none of them will ever know. They used to say, "Come on, Terry, come in office after games and that." That was Cluffy, that was Jack, mm. that was Howard. They wanted to talk football non-stop with me. I don't, you know. Yeah. I said, "No, I'm going. I'm going out." You know. And then I heard other managers what used to come in and talk about, you know. Certain players, you know, it's it's not reliable. He'll do a thing; it might cost us a goal. Mm. What about the goals he might make? Exactly. And if you've got good defenders, and you've got a team up plays together, and the balance is right, and you don't, you've got a manager what doesn't fear fear, right? You're not going to win every football match, but you'll win more, and you'll win trophies playing that way. Absolutely, TC. Uh, book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. Uh, first book that Andy has given us this week is An End of Innocence, The Watershed Season, 1959-60 by Tim Quelsh. And also on this day, the 18th of January, 1961, the maximum wage was uh, was abolished in English football and Johnny Haynes became Haynes, the first hundred pound a week. Absolutely. And do you know what he done when he was the first hundred pound player of was the week? Was it Jimmy what got him that? Yeah, it was Jimmy. Trevor Ford was in there. There was George Easton. There was quite a lot of them that, uh, that were instigators. But um, yeah, Jimmy got it over the line. And uh, Johnny He went was in... always a forward thinking guy. Jimmy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Jimmy yeah, Coventry you... were the first team to have all seater stadiums. Yeah, I mean, it was the uh, sky blue um, revolution that, that Jimmy Hill done down there. Um, phenomenal things he'd done at Coventry. Coventry, great team. Got a former Coventry great in the time vault uh, in, a, in a short while. But the first thing that Johnny done, he, well, probably not the first thing, but one of the first things, he went and bought himself a nice Jaguar. 
And uh, after a day or two, he, he, he pranged it just outside Craven Cottage. And that, that is absolute fact, because Malcolm McDonald told me Malcolm was only a kid and he heard a bit of a commotion and he thought, what's going on outside? Because he lived in the same street as uh, Craven Cottage. He walked up the road and there he seen Johnny Haynes with his Jaguar that had been pranged. So, yeah, well Brilliant. done, well done, Johnny. Something about English number 10s, I said to Alan Hudson, that could, they were brilliant at driving teams on the pitch, but not very good at driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> Angels with Dirty Faces is another one uh, by Jonathan Wilson. Uh, what all a, about what a great name that is, isn't it? Yeah, it was a film, wasn't it? Angels with Dirty great, Faces. No, I, I can't remember, but what a great name that is. Yeah, it's fantastic. Angels it is a great, with Dirty Faces. Yeah, and he's a great, uh, he's a great writer as well, Jonathan Wilson. But uh, all about Argentinian football. And I've just joined a group about Argentinian football because I've always liked Argentinians, you know, whether it be Maradona or the team of the 70s. If they play football, oh, yeah. or when they do play football, yeah. I mean, they were, they were, it might not be the right word to use, but uh, uh, 66, you know, yeah. what was the guy's name, number six? What Ratting. Rat, Ratting. What? Ratting, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I mean, that was the time they came out with you know, the animals. Yeah. Not, they weren't animals, it's, they were just dirty players and they were allowed, not just them, yeah. defenders were, were yeah. allowed to get away with it because yeah. the first thing in the dressing room, we're playing against Gabby at Birmingham and Birmingham uh, are a good team and they've got Gabby what's creating goals and scoring goals. First thing a manager says is, snap him in two, see, exactly. how, see, how, see how brave he is. Mm. And then they pass it on to somebody else. You don't get booked, that's somebody else. And then we'll take the third booking. People people don't realise that that's what's said in dressing rooms. Absolutely. But the, the, the voice had, the, Diablo, did you ever say that Diablo, that uh, Argentinian? I put it up the other day. No, I didn't say that. Have a look at it, absolutely. But they've always had great, great players, but they were just a dirty team. I put that thing about Raquelme. I think Leeds were, were a good team. I mean, but that Argentina in '66, if, if they'd have played football, they'd have been one of the best teams out or no, around at that time. Absolutely. I posted that pit up about uh, Raquelme uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Again, what a player. I mean, they, they've just produced some fantastic players. All the South American. Uh, nations, your, your big South American nations, your Brazil, Argentina, um, Uruguay, um, Colombia. There's something about that. That Latin. well, they love the they oh, love the football. They've been loving the football. They love the flair. They play to a beat. They dance the game. They don't just kick a ball and rush. They dance through a game of football and give about us five, such entertainment. There's about, there's about five or six things in football what yeah. you need to have. But you know when you've got your first touch, yeah. you've got to have a football brain. Yeah. You've got to be able to get in and around the pitch. Yeah. Right? You've got to be able to see things. Yeah. Right? But you know your first touch. Mm. If that's right, your second touch is not a tackle, is Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, and you're not giving the ball away. I mean, the amount of times I hear people say in this country, we haven't got a plan B. Mm. Now, that tells me they ain't got a clue. Well, yeah. I'm taking that back. I'm being horrible there. No, you're not. You're being truthful. And no, I am. I'm being horrible. What I'm saying is they don't understand the game. No. Because improve plan A. Exactly. Improve plan A. Because what's plan B going to get you? What is? I'd like to know what plan B is. 
Because Pl- we'll always be saying, yeah, I'm going to plan B. Tell me what plan B is. What, yeah. what, what, what are you going to do different? You're going to you're gonna change the old way that you've played. <laughs> you're going to just smash it, hit an hope, and the defender's going to get the head on it. The ball's going to come back to you, and plan B don't work either. Like you've always said, TC, You know, the 70s and 80s, they played long balls. They played long balls in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Liverpool and Dots Forest dominated. Absolutely. But they, they would try and get to the byline to pull the ball back. Yeah. Now, they eat it into the box diagonally for the yeah. centre-half to come and clear yeah. and, a, yeah. and a goalkeeper to come and catch. And the first thing the pundits turn around and say, what a great header that was. What a yeah. great position that is. Yeah. You know, I say, what Wonderful a bad ball course. that is. What yeah. a bad ball into the box that was. Yeah. I said, totally opposite. And that's not just to be awkward. Because I'm right, majority of time. Absolutely, too. So, 100% of the third book in book corner this week is Arrivederci, Swansea, the Giorgio Shenaglia story. How a third division rejects became a Serie A superstar by Mario Rizzola. And it starts as a young striker with third division club Swansea Town. So it wasn't Swansea City in them days, it was Swansea Town in the 60 Giorgio uh, stole milk bottles from doorsteps by local terrorist houses because he couldn't afford his breakfast. Nine years by later. the way, yeah. I mean, we have been ruled. That's, that's the worst thing I did as a kid. <laughs> yeah, no. Nine... Bo- bo- pint of milk on my way to school, pint of milk on doorstep on my way to school to, to drink it. And nine years later, as Lazio star centre forward Chinaglia owned apartments in Rome, a villa, a tennis club, and a boat, with an annual salary of 85 grand, which was an awful lot in those days. Uh, this son of Cardiff restaurateur was one of the world's highest paid yeah. players. And then when he went to Can New you, York, you, even better. Listen, don't tell me all about that, because that's a great bit about it. Yeah. Now tell me, who was the coach? Who was the coach at Roma in them days? I have no, no idea. No, no, no. It's Swansea. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's know. what we need to find yeah, out. Exactly, yeah. I don't because know. Because whether it's Welsh or English, he got released as a third division player. Yeah, absolutely. He becomes a superstar yeah. in Italian uh, Premier League or first division in those yeah, days. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, super. Absolutely brilliant. Superb. What a player. I'm looking forward to reading that book if I ever get time to read it. But uh, I did look at um, uh, Steve Hunt's book, uh, I'm with the Cosmos, which leads us nicely into Time Vault. And in this week's Time Vault, I've got Andy Blair. I didn't realise at the time when Steve got transferred from New York Cosmos to, um, to Coventry City in 1979, in the deal was a friendly for New York Cosmos to play Coventry City. Talking to Andy, I was under the impression that, like with Chelsea in 1978, they played at the bridge. They went to Highfield Road, but they didn't. Coventry went to New York. What a gig that was. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and I'm doing a little podcast with with Andy Blair to talk about that and talk about uh, one of the great uh, players that he played against. Because I'm doing a series of Alan Hudson's NAS, NASL stars and uh, Giorgio will be one of them, as will Vladislav uh, Bogachevic, who was, as Steve Hunt puts it in his book, a genius. Alan Hudson calls him a genius, and Andy Blair also calls him a genius. But Andy was born on the 18th of December 1959, making him 62 years old, in Kilcaldy in Scotland. 
but grew up in England in 1978 to 81. He played for Coventry City 93 times. These are just league and not cup. Uh, six uh, goals he scored. 81, he went to Villa. Played there till 84, 33 games, no goals. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.